G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Maybe you've had a setback in life. Maybe you've done something you regret. Maybe you've had a lapse of faith. But know this, your setback can actually turn out to be a setup and your test can be turned into a testimony. Our lives are never too far gone. The choices we make don't leave us forever ruined. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the hope that the Lord offers. If you've fallen, if you've failed, Jesus can give you a second chance. This is the day when the lost are found. John 1 verse 8 says that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now given that, given we're all in this boat together, what do we do now? How do sinners like us find forgiveness for our sin, relief for our guilt and re-establish a relationship with a holy God? That's the subject on the table today on A New Beginning as Pastor Greg Laurie launches a brand new series. We'll see how we can access that second chance that Jesus offers. I want you to grab your Bible and turn to two passages of Scripture, Mark chapter 1 and Luke chapter 4. Again, Mark chapter 1 and Luke chapter 4. And I have a message for you with the title, The Gospel for Busy People. Well, I think most of you watching me right now probably has one of these devices. We call it a smartphone. You probably either have an Apple phone or an Android phone. And these phones have changed our lives, haven't they? Uh, In some ways for better, and frankly, in some ways for worse. I remember when Steve Jobs came out with the first version of the iPhone in 2007, and we had never seen anything like it. It was so revolutionary, so different than anything that had been made up to that point. It was dubbed by some as the Jesus phone. Well, (laughs) no phone can live up to that. But the phone has affected everything that we do now. Now, of course, we have tablets and we have watches that give us data and information in real time. And we're barraged with information. Uh, You can't even have a conversation with a person anymore without it being interrupted by a phone. I mean, if you're talking with someone and your phone's in your pocket and you get a little buzz, you're so tempted to pull it out and see what it is. It might be something from a newsfeed. It might be a text. It might be an email. There's an article I read in the Wall Street Journal that made this statement, and I quote, even though digital technology has led to significant productivity increase, the modern workday seems custom built to destroy individual focus. I think that's true. I don't even think we're able to have a proper conversation anymore. 
We have a whole generation, Generation Z, that has never known anything but this tech, having it in their hands. And a poll was taken and they said they would rather text someone than have a conversation with them. And then there's social media that has such a tremendous impact, often in a negative way. Michael Hyatt made this statement, focusing on everything means focusing on nothing. And that's what I think is happening. We're just barraged with all this information and we are unfocused people. So I thought this is a great time to focus on Jesus. So we're starting a brand new series based on the Gospel of Mark that I'm calling the Gospel for Busy People. (laughs) Another thing you could call it is the Gospel for People with ADD, right? People with short attention spans. You see, Mark's gospel is a very fast pace, a series of truths laid out in this amazing book. Uh, he uses the word immediately 42 times. Mark uses the historical present tense 150 times. In other words, Jesus comes, Jesus heals, Jesus says, all in the present tense, not the past tense. So it's almost like you are there. Mark almost reminds us of a breathless reporter giving us the events in real time as they're unfolding. And I think this is a gospel we can all relate to today because it seems like we collectively have a short attention span. So who is this guy, Mark? His full name is John Mark. He's the author of this gospel and he is the nephew of Barnabas. You may remember Barnabas because he traveled with Paul. And let's just say that John Mark, who was much younger than the others, got off to a weak start. He was given the opportunity to go on a missionary journey with his uncle Barnabas and the great apostle Paul. And I don't know what happened, but Mark got cold feet and wanted to go home. Maybe he was just homesick and he bailed on them. So when they went on their next missionary journey and Barnabas suggested they take Mark along, Paul was opposed to it. I don't want to take him along because he didn't stay with us on the last journey. And so this was a a setback for Mark, but whatever happened, he was able to repair his relationship with Paul because later, Paul writes of Mark in 2 Timothy 4.11, he's been helpful to me in ministry. So think about this guy. He's a kid. His uncle is Barnabas. He is a personal friend with the apostle Paul. And then add to this the fact that he was very close to Simon Peter. In fact, Peter refers to Mark as his son in 1 Peter 5.13. And in fact, many believe that the gospel of Mark was actually written by Mark, but dictated by Peter. So it is believed by many, and I happen to agree with them, that this is effectively the gospel according to Peter. But yet at the same time, Mark was there. He was a young man, but he did witness the ministry of Jesus. Later on in the book of Acts, we read that uh, Peter was put in prison. You remember that story in Acts 12? And uh, they were praying for him. And Peter showed up at a house as an answer to their prayer because God delivered him from the jail. What house was that? That was the house of John Mark that he lived in with his mother, Mary. I mean, so this guy was right in the epicenter of so many biblical events that were so incredibly significant. So here's the reason I bring all this up is is Mark had a huge setback. 
you know, he, he walked away from the apostle Paul and Barnabas at one point, but then he made a recommitment and he ends up being a bona fide gospel author, quite a distinction. And so maybe you've had a setback in life. Maybe you've done something you regret. Maybe you bailed on something you had committed to or you've had a lapse of faith. But know this, your setback can actually turn out to be a setup and your test can be turned into a testimony. When our nation in the United States of America uh, was forming, when we were still fighting with the British Empire, uh, General Washington was put in charge of the Continental Armies of the United States, which is, was a ragtag collection of all types of people, ranging from farmers to uh, common workers to people who were scholars. But the point was, it was a very interesting, undisciplined army. And General Washington, who once was in the Queen's Army, I should say the King's Army, at that time was a disciplined soldier and he was trying to lead this motley crew of troops. And one of the problems that he had was they would just walk off the field of battle uh, with no explanation, with no warning, a good section of his army would disappear. And it was Washington who, in his own words, described this group of people as here today and gone tomorrow. He was at his wit's end. He didn't know how to rally these troops to fight for the independence of what would become the United States of America. Well, a friend of Washington's, a great patriot named Thomas Paine, wrote a simple little booklet called The American Crisis. And I'm gonna quote uh, just a couple of lines from it and they'll probably sound familiar to you. Uh, Thomas Paine writes in his little booklet, quote, these are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this crisis shrink from service to their country. But he that stands now deserves the love and thanks of many women, end quote. These are the times that try men's souls. And boy, I think we're in another time like that right now in America, don't you? A time that is trying our soul. We're in a political season. We're conflicted, we're divided, we're fighting with each other, almost in a way that I've not seen maybe in my lifetime. And we just wonder, how are we ever gonna turn America around again? I think we need to be turning to God. The problem is, in the same way, we too still have our summer soldiers and our sunshine patriots, or I would put it a different way, our half-hearted Christians and our quasi-believers who are not really followers of Jesus as they ought to be. So this is a time for us to rally. This is a time for us to get back in the battle and serve the Lord because we are in a spiritual battle in our nation today. So if you've fallen, if you've failed, if you've stumbled, God gives second chances. We certainly see that in the life of John Mark. You're listening to Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. And today he's launching a brand new series in Mark. It's called The Gospel for Busy People. Let's continue. So the backdrop of the Gospel of Mark is the believers were suffering in Rome. Nero, the Caesar over Rome at that time, had declared war on the Christians. Uh, he had a hand in burning Rome down and then he blamed it on the followers of Jesus Christ 
who had nothing to do with it. So the Christians were forced to flee to the catacombs to survive. So Mark wanted to write a book that would encourage these believers. He wanted to show Jesus in the present tense able to deliver them during their times of crisis. As the Bible says of God, He is a present help in times of trouble. So I hope as you might be going through your own difficulties. Maybe you're being harassed for your faith. Uh, maybe you're being hassled for what you believe. I pray that this new series that we're doing in the Gospel of Mark will be a great encouragement to you. So let's read some of this Gospel together. Grab your Bible or your phone or your tablet or wherever you have your Bible. And read these words with me if you would. I'm in Mark chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 to 8. And by the way, this is from the New Living Translation. This is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare the way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all of the people of Jerusalem, came out to see and hear John. They confessed their sins, and he baptized them in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist, and for food he ate locusts and wild honey. John announced someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater, says John, I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Wow. So we'll stop there. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, he, he was a radical. He was a revolutionary. He was like a rock star. Everybody wanted to see and hear John. As Mark writes, all of Judea, including the people of Jerusalem, went out to see John. You have to understand that John was not just a prominent figure. He was super prominent. Uh, the ancient Jewish historian Josephus actually wrote more about the life and ministry of John than he wrote about Jesus Christ himself. And so John was a significant figure. You ask, well, why? Well, understand, Israel had not heard from God for a long time. From the time of the last Old Testament book, the book of Malachi, to the emergence of John was 400 years. Think about that. Israel, which was so used to prophets and, and miracles and angels, hadn't heard from God for 400 years hundred years, and then seemingly out of nowhere, but right on God's schedule, emerges this colorful character, John the Baptist. And he had a simple job to do, which was to prepare the way of the Lord. Now, despite this great calling on his life, despite this great popularity that he had, he was a really humble guy. Uh, look at verse seven of Mark chapter one. He says, someone is coming who is greater than me, so much greater I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. Let me update that. John is saying, I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes. Uh, he's so great, 
But John understood exactly what his role was. Even though he was a great public figure and very popular, his mission was to get out of the way and prepare people for Jesus. That's, that's amazing. And guess what? That's our mission as well. You might say that John's motto was, I must decrease and he must increase. Can you imagine if you put that on your mirror and you saw it as you're getting ready in the morning? I must decrease and he must increase. Or if you put that on your Instagram account before you did a post, I must decrease and he must increase. But that was John. He was setting the stage for Jesus. Now Jesus enters the scene. Go back to Mark chapter one. Look at verse nine. It came to pass on those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and he was baptized by John and immediately coming out of the water. Notice the way that Mark writes, coming out of the water. Not he came out of the water. Coming out of the water. We're there. Mark puts us right there. You know, he's this very urgent kind of a writer. Coming from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now look at this. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals and the angels took care of him. Have you heard of the Trinity? Did you know the Trinity, or at least the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but the Trinity is in the Bible. And I don't know that there's a clearer verse in all of Scripture uh, than this, showing us the Trinity in action. We have Jesus the Son being baptized. We have the Holy Spirit coming upon him as a dove. And we have the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now look at verse 12 of Mark chapter one. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. The Spirit drove him into the wilderness. This is not suggesting Jesus didn't want to go. What it is saying is this was something that was urgent that the Holy Spirit was doing because this was something Jesus had to go through. So no time basking in the glory of God. Uh, this was straight to work and that's pretty much the pacing of Mark. Jesus has a job to do. But it also shows us something very important. Often trials or testings or temptations come after moments of great blessing. I mean, here is Jesus in the Jordan River, being baptized by John, having the Father say, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, and the Holy Spirit come upon him in the form of a dove, and immediately, right on the heels of that, he goes into the wilderness to face Satan. After the dove came the devil. After the blessing came the trial. Pastor Greg Laurie with the opening study of a new series in the Gospel of Mark. It's called The Gospel for Busy People. Well, let me ask you a question. How long do you reckon it's been since you've been tempted? Did you just look at your watch? Yeah, well, we all get tempted every day, often many times. And next time, Pastor Greg offers some important counsel on standing against temptation in this new series in the Gospel of Mark, which will continue next time.
Now, for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The Gospel for Busy People. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 